You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Game five preview edition, Bobby Manning. It looks like he's just in a regular, normal room, like his parents' bedroom, maybe. But no, he's in San Francisco covering the Celtics Warriors NBA Finals. Uh, both teams had media availabilities today. Bobby was out there. Hold on, Bobby. I'm checking something here. Yep. Um, Bobby was out there covering it. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about uh, Jason Tatum's struggles, Rob Williams' knee, uh, maybe give some predictions. Uh, we'll talk about uh, really anything and everything under the sun, uh, NBA Finals related. But first off, I want to remind our listeners, podcast, as always, uh, brought to you here by HelloFresh. Uh, you want to get yummy meals Farm fresh ingredients delivered to your door. Uh, all you got to do is just whip them up. You don't have to shop. You don't have to portion out uh, ingredients or seasoning. Uh, HelloFresh.com is the place for you. Go to HelloFresh.com. Playoff 16. Use the code PLAYOFFS16. Up to 16 free meals uh, and three free gifts. Bobby, again, uh, Celtics Warriors. Game 5 tomorrow night, Monday night, 9 p.m. Uh, practice availability today. I just feel like it's just another turn of the hamster wheel. Win one, win one, feel good, lose one, feel bad, and say that you just have to go out there and focus and play better. Anything specific today about, you know, how the Celtics were addressing some of the things that went wrong in game four uh, and uh, just your kind of vibe on what they might try to do to right the ship? Well, offensively is the focus. They, they're definitely keying in on fixing that offense, specifically in crunch time. It's, it's crazy how the layers of all those early season struggles come back in waves. And I think the two that were most specific today were Tatum's stagnancy and Brown getting lost in the shuffle late in the game uh, after a hot start. And those are two things we bemoaned over and over again early in the season. I think the big thing for Tatum that they're adjusting right now is his finishing technique. And you do see how he's going up at the basket, kind of soft, laying it up, very finesse, trying to draw contact and, Almost early season Tatum where he's just angling himself in a weird position that's not conducive to actually finishing at the net. I think his finishing is down to 53% I sent you yesterday. During 27% the year from two is the stat that stands uh, yeah, out Yeah, I'm talking at the basket. Uh, yeah. Like right at the basket. And that's low for him after a pretty great year around the basket. It'll, yeah, that's what's funny bobby up at the rim what's funny bobby is if you talk about i know everyone's like points to tatum's playmaking improvement and passing this year is the number one thing that they feel he's made a leap in i think that's third to me be, behind uh finish he i thought he uh, when when he finally got his struggles you know uh you know 
after the first, you know, 30, 40 games or so, when he finally started to kind of find himself, uh, he was finishing with more authority and more creativity around the rim than he than he was in the past. That soft stuff is something that's been bugging me for years where he goes in and tries to scoop it. He doesn't act like a guy who's six, eight with long arms. He acts like almost like a guard trying to sneak one under the, the, the big when he gets to the <laughs> rim or even worse, foul hunting. And he's just not getting the calls because he's really not going strong enough to initiate contact. He's kind of taking weird angles. And as you said, uh, you know, really uh, the, increasing his degree of difficulty on these uh, shots at the basket and not really putting himself in a position to draw contact because he's not going strong. So I thought his finishing this year was one. Uh, and number two, his uh, real his focus on defense. I actually thought those were two bigger leaps of growth for him than the passing, which I know gets a lot of headlines. But honestly, I think he's done made some strides, but it, those two things stood out more. So it's really weird to watch him revert on this one. Cause I thought that was something that he really kind of had figured out this year. Yeah. And passing definitely not the issue in this series. You see the numbers down there, almost overpassing at times, fourth yeah. quarter game four, an example, I think. And it, trying to find that line between passing and attacking, definitely a tricky thing for him right now. And I, I think the weirdest thing is to see him get mismatches and pass out of them. Like just the, Approach of this team, they're really methodically trying to line up Curry and other guys in those actions, and then they're getting away from them. Either that or the stuff that we keyed in on after game three or in game two, moving into harder matchups, bringing Green into the actions on Tatum, on Brown. There's not a great awareness offensively right now of where guys need to be, uh, what, what the best shot is, uh, should you shoot at this point in the shot clock. There was one play. I was looking at where there was like five on the shot clock. I forget when it was in the game. And he just sort of spun out toward half court. He had Curry on him, got the switch, spun out toward half court. There was five seconds on the shot clock. Then when he finally got into his move or whatever he was doing it, the shot clock was gone. He just needed to launch up a bad shot. I mean, just the awareness offensively right now from this group. It's not passing skill. It's not scoring and the shot selection all that stuff it's just decision making they're not getting where it ends up and 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 you're right they are wasting time and they're not getting into any sort of sets or actions early enough and they oftentimes end up with it where a guy who just got blitzed um and ends up facing the wrong direction 10 feet above the three-point line has the ball with four seconds left on the clock and not a lot left to do with it. That's happened with Marcus a few times where he ends up with the ball. In his a lot of times somebody will throw it to a teammate and put him in a horrible position. You pass to somebody with four seconds left on the clock and they're nowhere near anywhere where they can do anything with it. They have no choice but to force those threes. So they've done that quite a bit. They're not getting the ball to people in positions where they can do the most with it. But just Tatum struggles specifically. Emes addressed it, uh, you know, subtly. And I know you got to be careful. You don't want to say anything and, you know, kind of knock these guys off kilter at this point. But uh, not only foul hunting, but sometimes just getting too deep on some of these drives and, uh, you know, not, you know, just kind of playing in the the crowd. This, yeah, yeah it's just stuff we hear over and over again. And, but the stuff we've talked about a ton in the show is like, why doesn't he just get to the free throw line and rise up? You know, those are automatics for him. That's a bunny. That's that's his. I, I feel like that should be a shot he should be hunting. Get past that first defender and just get there. And whoever's coming, just rise up and shoot it. Uh, but instead, he's forcing his way in into weird kind of places, trying desperately not to draw offensive fouls because they really are crowding the lane, navigating his way through and then kind of putting it up weakly. 
And then the thing that gets me the most that we've talked about is his misses near the rim, the way he's going and falling off balance, plus the fact that he's getting frustrated and not getting up are worse than turnovers uh, because he takes himself out of the play entirely. And those things go from what should be points that you could create makeable, makeable shots in and around the rim to automatic buckets the other way. It's, it's worse than a turnover. It's worse than turning it over top of the key. Um, and, and he's, they always say that the mental layups are worse than the miss threes. He's too deep to get back. Yes. Way too deep to get back. And he's just, he's either frustrated with himself. Might've thought he need, got the call, thought he should have gotten the superstar call, whatever it is. I, you know, again, I watched back game three, which was a game that they won. And he did that seven or eight times last guy in the frame. And the play had already taken place once the other team, once the Golden State reset the ball and actually got into their set. And he was able to set himself on defense six other times. They got their shot up before he even entered the frame. That's unacceptable. So that's a maturity thing that he's got to get out of his own head. Um, but the other stuff is. He's just got to kind of go back to what he was doing that was successful. I don't know, you know, I, I, he seems a little lost, right? Like he's searching for what he's supposed to be doing. And you're right. You keep saying yeah. he gets stuck. he's caught kind of in between, not only in between passer scorer, but like, you know, how deep do I drive? Do I shoot the three? Like, what am I supposed to do here? He's kind of stuck in no man's land on a lot of this stuff. Especially late in the game. And I think on the whole, the process they've gone through in the series has been good. Like the game plan defensively, which I'm sure we'll get to, has worked in the aggregate outside of these small spurts where they're screwing up or letting offense turn uh, or letting the Warriors defense turn the offense. And, you know, overall, I think his passing heavy approach has been the right move with the way the Warriors are guarding him. When there's five minutes left, you got to set yourself up for a good shot there if you're him. Like you can't be smart launching threes it can't be Horford who didn't really look comfortable either shooting those big shots it almost felt like no one wanted to take the shot in those final nine possessions and, or and so you've, of game four. you've seen that a bunch you've seen that a bunch right yeah yeah and it it's just a tentativeness that yeah. takes over this team that you saw in January like it, it the whole process flips and you look at their numbers offensively they've been about as dynamic of an offense as there's been in the playoffs coming in the game four they were assisting on 70 percent of their yeah. baskets in this yeah. series the ball's popping you know good looks at the rim you know you're getting robbed a little more involved now it's just layers and layers of playmakers and stuff but when you get down to a small small sample size in the last five minutes there is yeah. there one playmaker you go to? Is there one hot hand? I, I'm just still startled at how uninvolved Jalen is. In the well, I want to get to Jalen in a second, but I, I and, and that's I want to talk about Jalen a little bit. But Macho um, threw up this uh, uh, comment here. I've always kind of wondered this. I do wonder how much, like um, you know, we, the Celtics and you know the analytics crew uh, kind of broke Tatum or had to you know break him of the things that he does that come more naturally, which is kind of like the mid-range game, the contested twos, um, things like that, uh, and said, shoot a three or get to the cup. Uh, and I know he worked really hard at doing it, but I do believe that I don't think he's, you know, he's not an elite leaper and he's not an uber, you know, quick athlete that he's just going to dust people off the dribble every time. He really has to work to get to the basket. Um, so I do think that this is going to be – kind of doing the Durant, just getting to your spot and rising up and shooting, I think is really important to keep defenses honest because that should be a, a shot that he's hunting and a shot that people don't want him to take. 
It's never been a good one, though. Like, I'm looking at the numbers for it right and, now. And 34% in the series. I know. And that's where but, he's lived his whole career there. And that's – yeah, exactly. So I don't get it. it, it, it the whole thing has been weird. But I, I think that that's his – that should be more of his bread and butter given his style. I don't understand why, you know – he, he he needs like almost a degree of difficulty shots, uh, you know, in these step backs. Well, they're going to be difficult because the way these teams are guarding them. And I, yeah. I almost get torn a lot of the time. You look at these numbers here. These obviously aren't great numbers uh, for what he needs to provide right now. But sometimes you look at like the 44% games he has or 40% games and you're like, all right, you'll take that just because he's getting swarmed, obviously. Like he's just receiving defensive looks that – other players aren't so you're almost going to ex- expect worse shooting from him so you almost wonder like what's the sweet spot for him efficiency but wise it should be everything more sh- yeah he, he should really he put- be a three-level scorer pretty comfortably that's the thing is it shouldn't be either or i really think he should be a, a solid three-level scorer who can who can basically take what the defense is giving you um instead of forcing the issue and that ends up oftentimes being contested threes or into a really crowded paint I feel like he's kind of playing into where the defense wants him to go Uh, and if the defense is giving you those jumpers and those mid-range I think that's more what he has to take if the defense is keying on him when he has the ball and waiting for him to double I think he has got to set up some more sets where he's playing a little bit off the ball and moving and setting screens or pin downs or whatever to get him a little high low action anything to get him the ball where he's not surrounded immediately and maybe he could catch and rise up quick or make a quick move or a drive but just giving him the ball at the top of the key and just letting him set up is, I think, the worst offense that they run. And it's the one that they keep defaulting to, particularly late in games. Yeah, and I'm getting a little torn on Ime right now for a couple of different reasons. I mean, this is obviously the approach he wants to take. The curry approach and what's going on on offense, right. Yeah, like when's he going to step in on some of this stuff? Because I think he wants to keep a level head. I think he wants to lean into what's worked and gotten them here. But this is a new matchup. I mean, this is a team they're playing that I think is completely different than any they've faced in the playoffs so far. Obviously, defensively, we'll get to that. But in terms of the defense they're playing on Boston, too, like they are just scrambling to different spots. We've talked about it during these games, John. There's just such a loading up and a and an aggressiveness from this Warriors defense that they almost have to change the way they're playing to react. Like if you see Tatum getting loaded up on, you see them getting stagnant against those looks that the Warriors are throwing at them, call a timeout and set up a play and react to what you're seeing on the sideline. And there's just not enough of that from this team right now in the key spots late. Like they're just getting caught up again and they're overthinking, I think against an unpredictable Warriors defense that isn't throwing looks at them the same every possession that can change to a variety of different systems. There's got to be adjustments. And I just don't feel like the Celtics have adjusted well in this series so far. Hey, we came into the series saying Udoka might've been better than Kerr, but it was Kerr who pushed all the right buttons in the fourth quarter, the last game. Sure. Whether it was to be elites the minutes or benching going small and rotating the big lineups against some of Boston's smaller lineups. Um, the bench and green, as you said, that's that's something Ime did in game one, right. but wasn't willing to go bold again. And how about the spacing? Something Jalen talked about after game four and today at practice. See a lot of spacing on the floor, and what was closing the game? It was double big in the two bids. Uh, no, not double big. Two, uh, the Jays, Horford, and the 
two guards, which white and smart, right? You only have some, you, you only have so many options lineup wise, but that's not one of their best spacing lineups. If that's the concern that Brown's seeing out there. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so, so much of it falls on Tatum. I know that, you know, it's, it, it, it's, I, I, I hate the easy narratives uh, and it's true. Like, um, you know, Tatum is, um, you know, very, uh, you know, important. I mean, he's obviously the best player, uh, you know, on the team, but there's so much of like, he's being outplayed by this. I think he just doesn't have to worry about being the star. He just has to worry about playing a clean game. I think it's simpler than people are making it out to be like it, the Warriors need 60 point, need 35, 40 point Curry games to win. The Celtics do not need 50 point Tatum. You don't need Tatum to come be the Messiah. You just need Tatum to not be a liability at times. You know, you just need him to play. As we said, the game one, you loved his game one better than uh, any of his other games because of the approach. And again, game three, he also had a similar approach and his shooting percentage in game three and four was roughly the same nine of 23, eight of 23, not shooting the lights out, but I mean, game three was just such a cleaner game. He was more decisive. Uh, You know, he was getting the ball out of his hands quicker. He was attacking quicker. He was making all the right reads. And then game four just completely got away from him. All right, we're going to take a little pause here. I want to tell you about our sponsor, Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's NBA Finals, where, of course, we are right now, the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball scores, all the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering from live betting to playoffs esports and more so head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use our promo code clns50 to get the bonus and get into the action bet online where it starts yeah, and some of it's shooting variants. I mean, they're making themselves a jump shooting team right now. So you're going to look at a game one where they hit everything and he gets all the assists off those and say, oh, amazing passing game. And he was great, but it's it's going to be different than the fourth quarter of game four where they're missing everything and you say, oh, they're taking too many jump shots. Like It does come down to making a missing when it comes to evaluating a guy's passing a lot of the time. Uh, so Again, I look at game four and say that was a product as much of anything as them missing a ton of shots, but taking too many shots. And I think overall, we've looked at this offense at times and said they're too jump shot reliant. Guys aren't getting down still for secondary dribble drives or cutting to the basket. I think he made today talking about Brown going after him and saying that he needs to make himself more available on the ball is an important thing because... That's something I'm going to keep going back to on this show today is the fact that Brown's just not involved enough. You go to Smart and Crunch Time, he's going to miss big threes. He's just not a great shooter. Horford, the shots are there, but I don't feel like he's a big shot maker in Crunch Time. Like that's he's not going to hit your biggest shot. You need to right, Bobby. down. This happened to me last time. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I got you. Sorry, the last time I uh, uh, loaded a clip last show. It uh, it froze me again. I'm going to try to do it one more time. Am I still here? Yep. Okay, cool. This is um. So we were talking about Tatum. Here's Tatum today talking about kind of mental uh the you know the mental struggle that's going on right now. I think he might be alluding to both his own and the team's. Listen up. You said you guys have been able to respond to a loss with a win in this playoffs. How much is this mental, and how much are adjustments to the opponent you you guys are facing? Um. Uh, yeah. It's 
very mental. Um, and I think just, like I said earlier, just the attention to detail, um, you know, and, and making the adjustments in game, you know, and just having awareness uh, and not let things snowball and not necessarily let it, you know, make the adjustments for next game, you know, after we lose, you know, if we can be better at, you know, uh, making adjustments and figuring things out in from quarter to quarter um, and things like that. Uh, but it's a big it's a big test for us tomorrow, you know. It's like a new series, best of three. You know, excited for the challenge. So we keep talking about the mental, Bobby, and I'll ask you this because I put something on Twitter and it, you know, obviously ruffled some feathers, um, you know, uh, but Tatum's maturity, you know, and again, I've, I've said this to you guys before, you know, it's you're going to out of one side of your mouth, talk about all of his accomplishments and how he's battle tested and he's been to three conference finals and look at all these numbers for a guy under 25. But then also to say, like, hey, give him a break. He's not even 25 yet. You know, he's still got room to grow. I, I'm kind of confused with that. Like, I, you know, there's struggles and then there's continuing to shoot yourself in the foot by doing things that are not only proven not to work, but like that you wouldn't expect from like a 15 year old AAU brat, like the constant whining, you know, and stuff like that. Like that stuff we've been trying to talking about getting it out of his system and emails talked about it too. And it just hasn't gone away. And it, when it affects, you know, a possession or two in game 48 of the regular season. You're like, ah, he kind of got into it again. We're in the finals and we're still, still doing this kind of stuff. Is it, is it not reasonable to expect a slightly higher level of maturity and poise from, from, from a player who is as talented as Tatum and has been through as many large games as he has uh, in his career? Yeah, the the easy stuff you want to see cut out because right, that's simple things. We're not talking <laughs> yeah. about a poor shooting night. That's gonna happen, or and the that's reads. fine. Like you know, this is an unpredictable defense. Yeah, that's gonna, gonna really happen. Team's defense. gonna team will trick you into some stuff. It's the totally controllable stuff. Yeah, the complaining you like just can't be there at all at this point, and you almost see the realization. <laughs> this is probably part of why they're so inconsistent and up and down. Is the things that they just sort of gloss over and probably don't see as important as he does when they lose and it kills them. They're probably like, Oh crap. We really do. Like, I can't complain that blew it for us last game. But when you get a big win and you're feeling good and you're in the flow of things and you just had success last game, it's probably easier to fall back into some of the simple mistakes that they're making because a lot of the stuff they're doing that's killing them in these losses, as you said, is just small Stuff. I mean, what is Smart doing on top of it? Yeah, I know we're piling on Tatum right now. No, but- Smart has been brutal with his decisions, forcing what? passes into places that they have no chance of getting through. Or being too flashy. I know too in game flashy, one he did the behind-the-back thing, and he made it. Smart's been frustrating, too. And throwing it over his head. Yeah, I mean, he's got to be the settler, and he's asking to do it. I think Brown's starting to ask for a little more responsibility now, too. And you almost wonder if too many guys are looking at each other right now and saying, like, what are you doing? I can handle this. So, yeah, and not to be like, not to start the controversy stuff, but I do feel like there's a lot of like, you know, um, you know, I've always felt when they say we, it means like you asked me a question about my struggles, but I want to kind of make it clear that everybody else is kind of struggling along with, with us. So J- Brown had one of those earlier in the series when he was asked about his turnovers and he's kind of like, yeah, 
we've got to be better at that. And I get where he's coming from because he's like, sure, I'm turning it over. But look at the other two stars on this team, like Tatum and Smart. They're friggin' having trouble too. You know, and it's the same thing is everybody's kind of going off script a little bit from time to time. And it is throwing things off. Tatum gets the heat because he's the man and his was so glaring in game four that it was like i you know in the third quarter almost every good thing that happened to golden state happened courtesy of jason tatum it felt that way it was either his turnovers or his poor shots or not getting back that it's like that entire run by golden state was sponsored by jason tatum um but smarts smarts had his issues i think brown's actually had the fewest issues this finals but i do think the more you put the ball in his hands the more you're kind of playing with fire because when you do try to initiate the offense through him or when he brings the ball up and he tries to get downhill, we've seen what happens there. I mean, the bottom line is, you know, he plays fast, but he's got a really loose handle. And when he tries to get into a crowd as well, that doesn't end that well either. So Brown's not turning it over as much, but he also doesn't have the ball in his hands as much. You know, careful what you wish for. If you get the ball out of Tatum's hands, give it to Brown. I don't know that you're getting better results. Yeah, I think that's the spot they're in on a lot of different stuff in the series right now. Like it's easy to scream at the bad games and say switch it up and adjust, but there's pitfalls to pretty much everything you're gonna try yeah, and they are who they right are. now. Yeah. So the, so the only thing that's worked, Bobby, is you have to have a democratic approach. You gotta move the ball, you gotta move without the ball, you've gotta make quick decisions, you can't stop the ball, you can't stand around. That's the only thing that works is getting them kind of moving and getting that ball moving. Any other time where you just kind of give it and to put it in somebody's hands and let them go to work doesn't it hasn't been ending well for them. And I I know yeah. there's just and the matchup hunting, I know it's there, but it's I, I mean, is it is it a good thing or not a good thing? Like we saw Tatum eat Curry alive. Curry got eaten alive in game three with the Celtics matchup hunting, it felt like. And then when they tried to do it in game four, it all fell apart. Yeah, it, there's going to be ups and downs with it. And I do almost understand why Ime wants to stay with the things that have worked in this series so far because <laughs> you were five minutes from being up 3-1 in this series and saying yeah. all this stuff is genius. So, like, things are going to happen in that small stretch to close a game if it's close that make you second-guess everything. But honestly, right now, you're just looking at their game plan, and I think it has the Warriors more on the ropes than it does the Celtics. You still look at the defensive numbers that the Celtics are putting up here. They're great. Uh, you still look at the efficiency and even the shooting that the Celtics are pulling off here. Uh, the fact that they're shooting better than the Warriors or they were going into game four speaks to how well they've good looks uh, games here and even just a shot making has been at a high level which i think is a credit to everybody on the team right now i think they went 10 for 13 in game four and uncontested threes when i looked uh, so yeah. they they've been locked in for the brunt of the series it's just the lapses is where you look at everyone and say who's going to slow this down who's going to be the one who steps up and fixes stuff in crunch time and i think that two fatal flaws on this team if they do end up losing this series are going to be the fact that they don't have one really reliable ball handler it's going to be a collective when they do it well game three you look it's multiple guys with five assists four guys it was an incredible stat right with like the all of the 10 five guys they had in that game yeah i think it was the first time it happened and i can't remember how long 
but then game four, you get to crunch time and you have all these options to fix it in, in that spot and create a good shot, but no one can really do it. And I'm a little disappointed in Smart, as we talked about. I'm a little disappointed. I'm really disappointed in White last game because there's moments where you look at him and say, this is the guy you should be able to turn to to do something great in the ball control, passing, facilitating aspect. And he shows himself to be unreliable too. Like it's a, just another layer of guy, guys on I, this team who are just trick-or-treat. You hadn't joined the post game yet, but I, I joked that it felt like somebody didn't give White the playbook for last game. Yeah. He looked like he was out there and he had no clue what he was supposed to do, where he was supposed to go. People are like looking at him like, what are you doing, dude? It was a really weird, disconnected game from him, you know, and he got caught in no man's land a lot where he gets into the lane and couldn't decide if he wanted to pass or shoot and kind of stuck in between. Um, so he was, a you know, he didn't do anything for the offense either. Yeah, bench contributions are nice. A big Tatum game is also nice. But I just think, I mean, you know, who are we? But, I mean, the keep it simple, stupid approach is just so clearly the best way for these guys to play. Uh, Nothing exotic, nothing to, you know, not trying to force anything. Just don't beat yourselves. Like, misses are fine turnovers and, you know, getting in too close to the rim and, you know, and stuff like that is really what's killing them. Yeah, and you almost wonder if their approach, being all defense first, and again, you're not going to look at this and say change this because it's gotten them where they are and it's made them great, but seven guys going all out on defense for 48 minutes, do you get to the final five minutes and just not have enough left in the tank to make shots and produce offensively at that point and move the way you need to do it? Yeah. You say that and a player is never going to give you a good answer on it and everyone's going to go, oh, excuses. But you do wonder after 45 minutes of all-out defense and chasing Curry around, especially for White, if we're mentioning him, what do you have left on offense? At they that all might be gassed. Down? I mean, the amount of the um, Tatum's playing 40 minutes that per game. That might be where the mistakes come from. Yeah. And they're going 7-7 seven, seven and at least 6 in the last three series. So, I mean, that's a lot, you know. I mean, um, it, I, so I think fatigue, I think obviously there's reasons. I think everybody's tired and I think everybody's a little banged up. The Celtics have youth on their side. So I'm not going to use that entirely, you know. And no, again, but it's just a reality. It's not like Golden State's you're assess it, yeah. You're playing guys who are 32, 33, 34, you know, versus – you and I'm not everybody, but I'm talking about their signature players versus your signature players. Uh, you should be okay there, but um, we want to get a little bit into Jalen and why he disappears late in games and also give a Rob Williams update. Uh, but first, I do want to tell everybody once again about our terrific sponsor, uh, HelloFresh. Uh, you know, if you haven't checked this out already, we've been talking about it, please do so. And if you're not going to sign up, at least just go check out the website. Make sure you hit this URL, hellofresh.com slash playoff16. And if you do choose to purchase it, use the code playoff16, up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Uh, HelloFresh is... Farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, seasonal recipes delivered to your doorstep. Uh, It's America's number one meal kit. This is the real deal. Um, Skip the trips to the grocery store or the restaurants. Prices are sky high right now. It's a terrific deal here with HelloFresh. Trust me, when you get all the way through to your order and you are about to click purchase, you're like, that's all it's going to cost? It's very surprising. This is a really good deal. And why not? Take a couple of weeks here while the Celtics are in the finals and not stress out about 
having to cook your own, you know, having to go shopping and blah, blah, blah. Have HelloFresh do the work for you. 72% cheaper than a restaurant. Um, newest menu release has Mediterranean recipes. We've got seasonal menus for the spring, summer menus coming up as well. Um, you can customize your favorite dishes, uh, dishes with the new Hello Custom offering, swapping out one protein for another. You can basically get exactly what you want to eat for dinner sent to your door. So go check it out. Once again, HelloFresh.com slash Playoff16. Use the code PLAYOFF16. 16, 16 uh, free meals and three free gifts. I have another kit coming tomorrow, Bobby, and I'm really psyched about it. Uh, yes, I'm, I got a whole new plan starting tomorrow, so I'm pretty psyched. I know Sherrod's been order. Uh, um, I got to remember because I had my wife pick the menu uh, this time because uh, last time I picked it all and she wanted to have some say in it. So I don't know which I don't know which dishes are coming tomorrow, but it's from the spring stuff. It's fun. I mean, if you if you yeah. sign up and you're waiting for it, it's, it's one of those things like the, you know, delivery box coming with like all your uh, Christmas gifts and something like it's yeah. always an exciting thing to have to look forward to. Uh Oh, Bobby, that weird mic thing happened. I think your soda did it. Crackly. Don't move again. Good. My bad. Anyway, if they win the chip, I'm getting the meatloaf. Okay. You guys, anybody who signs, anybody who signs up, send me proof of purchase. We'll send you, we'll send you something. Okay. We'll send you something uh, CLNS related. I promise. Um, Just send me proof of purchase. Anyway, um, let's get back to it, Bobby. Um, As far as the series goes, uh, we're in and out a little bit there. Me. I don't know what you did, but I don't like it. How's that? Horrible. Still there? Yeah. Uh, let me hop out for a sec. No, you're good. Stop. Don't move. Oh, Literally good. don't move. Right. Yes. Nope. It's bad. I think it's your cord, buddy, but you can pop out and back in. I don't think it's a restream issue. I think it's your I think it's a hardware issue. All right. So Bobby's out. I could sit here and tell you about HelloFresh again, uh, but I'm not going to do that. I am curious again what everybody thinks, and Bobby's going to kind of mess around with the hardware here a little bit. Um, so I'll put it up to you guys in the chat. Um, are we being too hard on Tatum? Um, I know there's other people in here who can make it better. I just feel like it's one of those situations uh, last game where average Tatum wins you the game, and you're up 3-1, and it wins you the championship. And it's fairly frustrating that it just didn't happen, um, you know, it didn't happen there. Uh, we've talked about this before, J- Jalen Brown not being involved. This is something Bobby and I kicked off earlier in the year. The I, I'm, I'm surprised Jalen and Jason don't work off each other a little bit more, set more screens for one another. I don't know how much of that is just the way things go in the flow of it, how much of it is Eme could kind of get things moving. I'm going to throw up one more Jason Tatum soundbite. This is Jason Tatum talking about his own personal struggles here. Uh, take a listen. One, how do you get yourself going? You said you need to be better. How specifically do you need to be better? And how do you, like previously said, not put too much pressure on yourself because this could be a legacy-defining game for you? Um, one thing I've noticed is, like, you know, playing off two feet a lot more. Um, and, you know, like, you know, Coach said, playing off one feet and, you know, trying to look for fouls. Uh, you know, isn't hasn't been as working in my favor as much. So, you know, I think playing off two feet, um, attacking angles instead of, you know, to initiate contact and things like that. 
And it's just, you know, it's a game tomorrow. I look forward to it. Uh, you know, it's 2-2, so not necessarily thinking about what it means for my career, you know, but just what it means for our team and, you know, what we're trying to accomplish right now. Hey, Bobby, have you fixed your issues? Yep, should be good. All right. Bobby is back. Um, that was Tatum again, just talking about some of the stuff we talked about. Um, I mean, he knows it. It just, you know, again, basketball's hard. As you said, <laughs> it's not easy. Everyone knows he's the man. The attention is there. People are, people have been doubling him, blitzing him, you know, crowding him, crowding the lane, making it hard on him the whole time. The challenge you know, it's one thing to light up, you know, some team for 40 points in the regular season, you know, with a with a bad coach who isn't, you know, uh, you, know you know, drawing up ways to, you know, to to neutralize Tatum. And he's just going one on one. When he gets guarded one on one, he smokes teams. He just he toasts people. We've seen yeah. it every time some every team time teams choose not to. So that's what happens. You get doubled. You just kind of have to, you know, figure it out. I mean, that's. And, and we talk about it, We, you know, and I mentioned this in the chat. We talk about Tatum's playmaking. If it was that good, he wouldn't get doubled as much. That's the whole point. That, and that's what I've always tried to make. I think he's better at it. But if he was an elite passer or if he was a, uh, somebody who they really worried about with the ball in their hands, you double him less. It's why you don't double Jokic. It's why LeBron wouldn't get doubled uh, a lot because not only are they going to – get the ball out of their hands. They're going to get it to a person who's in a really good position to score. And you're just going to get burned more often than not. Tatum's not that guy. Um, so he's just got to kind of just be a little quicker uh, with it uh, and just not hold on to the ball for as long as he does. But he knows these things, yet he just keeps going back to them. I just don't understand. It's He knows he's going to get the attention. He knows he knows the double is coming. He knows when he's he's he, he keeps dribbling right into coverages sometimes. I'm not really sure why that is. Yeah, it's it's almost the outlets he has and what, what he's looking for when he's on the ball because he can always just pass it somewhere. But I'm looking at the passing numbers right now, and 18 of his passes per game are going to Smart. And, and what's Smart going to do? And with that's that's there? nothing. Like, that's that's not a good pass. That's a that's a bailout. I'm trapped. Yeah. You're at the top of the key. I couldn't get where I wanted to go. They they pushed me further away from the basket, and I'm just going to get rid of the ball because I can't do anything with it here. That's not really passing. That's just basically I I, I give up. And you're yeah. right, especially when it's later in the clock. You're like, what's Smart going to do? He's lined up, lining up guys for contested threes. People are killing Smart for 18 shots. But a lot of it, I think, had to do with that is he's just getting the ball, and he's like, I guess I got to shoot now. Yeah, and you know he doesn't find Rob as much as he needs to. I think we talk about that constantly. Nobody That's does. Always a good outlet. Yeah, but I mean he has the ball more than anyone else, so yep. it's his job to do it. Uh, he, it's it's a drive and kick thing for him. That's all he's really doing in those spots. I don't feel like he he's running pick and roll like he used to bubble where he showed some good spurts in that area of his game. I, he's not connecting with Brown at the level he needs to be. I'm looking it's 8.5 per game with him, which is still way up from what we were talking about early in the season, but there's nothing coming out of it. Brown's shooting about 41% off those passes. Uh, And some of it's Brown, I think regressing as a catch and shoot guy, but still like is the whole offense just drive, kick and shoot at three. That's part of the problem that they ran into last game is that's what they did for nine straight plays effectively down the stretch. Either that or you're, shooting off the dribble yourself 
there's not a lot of rim outlets on this team, and that's where you do look to Ime and say, can you call a play here and it is. to get you a look at the rim? Yeah, and and somebody just mentioned here, and you know, uh, one of the comments. It kind of is a little hot potato offense late in the game. You're wondering why, you know, we looked at those shots that went. You know, it was like, you know, smart three, Horford three. There's smart one guy three, who really three. wants to shoot it. It's smart. <laughs> yeah, and so, but that that's what it ends up being. And 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 you're right. Uh, you know, I talked about this last time with you. Is I do feel that because Tatum initiates so much of the offense. In the fourth quarters, multiple things happen. They slow way down because he plays at a much slower pace than everyone, um, especially when he gets the ball in his hands early or he's bringing it up. So everything slows and the defense sets and it keys in on whatever it needs to key in on. And Jalen Brown becomes just one of four random guys instead of somebody that you're specifically looking for on offense. And I do think that's why he gets phased out a lot. They're not running actions for Jalen. They're just letting Tatum run the offense. And it just... You know, that's what you end up with sometime. This is, um, you know, uh, and and we, we kicked around Jalen Brown's numbers as well, Bobby, like, you know, his starts and his finishes. And it's obviously very um, telling. And a lot of it has to do with him just not having the ball in his hands. This is Jalen here uh, talking about kind of not being involved late. Bobby Manning, CLNS Media. Jalen, I know you talk a lot about just playing basketball, going with the flow. But when it comes to crunch time and, you know, you guys need to get a bucket there. Is there an onus that the coaching staff's putting on you to go get the ball? Because it feels like you have a lot of success early in games, attacking, being aggressive, and then late in games, sometimes getting lost in the shuffle. Uh, not necessarily. Um, we uh, at times we get a little disorganized and when in crunch time and, and get a little sped up. And at times, I do need to take the onus and get us more organized and get us more space and a little bit more composed. And and that's a part of my growth as a basketball player and my maturity and, and things like that. Um, can't put everything on the coaching staff or on the floor. So at times somebody got to be, um, get everybody um, square, get everybody level-headed and, and be a little bit more composed. But, you know, we just got to be better as a group overall in those moments and just take our time a little bit and, and, and just be a little bit more poised. Good question, Bobby Manning. Good answer uh, by Jalen, I thought. But how much of that is, uh, are you d- reading into that answer? How much of that is him saying, yeah, I got to go get the ball or demand it? Or how much of it is kind of like, yeah, I mean, somebody's got to give it to me. You know, like yeah. maybe I can settle things down, but I don't have the ball enough to be able to do that. When I, it's, a, it's that we again. You know, when uh, when we, is he saying like, is does we mean they? Everybody you know? else, yeah. Yeah. So, and I'm not saying he's, um, I, I'm not saying he's throwing people under the bus there. I'm just wondering, you know, what the thinking is. Did you interpret that as him kind of saying like, there's only so much I can do. And there's only so much the coaches can do. If the ball doesn't get in my hands, can't really do much, you know? And obviously it's not going great sometimes late in games. Yeah. Or he doesn't feel like he has an outlet to go get the ball within the offense that they're running, which yeah. I can see at the same time. And he may said, that question I asked Jalen was off email saying, you know, a guy has to go get the ball himself sometimes when I asked him a similar question about Jalen falling out of the flow of these games. And I, again, I never see Jalen screening. Tatum has started to do that more to free himself in the lane and get the ball in his hands closer to the basket, but I don't see it much. Uh, Jalen's sort of a guy who takes it in transition off a rebound and gets downhill in that area. And that's how he's going to get himself the ball and get his looks and all the rest in the half court. I, 
where does Jalen get it? Does he run up to Tatum and just ask for it? And then all of a sudden Brown's point guard running the offense but on that We've spot? always like, said just, that. That's what's frustrating, Bobby, is like I do think they forget that when you get rid of the ball, you can still get it back. You know, yeah. it's like it's almost as if like Tatum feels like, well, if I pass it, that's the end of my opportunity to contribute to this possession. And it's, well, it's going to be when you start with 14 on the clock. And that's I know issue. The pace, the pace, I mean, the it's pace. all connected. It's exactly if you're moving it and relocating and getting the defense moving, it's just harder for them to settle. I mean, the the J, the the Jason rock the baby thing from the top of the key is just a friggin' killer because it's five seconds of setup, and then when he starts moving, somebody comes. It's like he falls asleep at the wheel. Oh, it's so frustrating. So again, just get it out of your hands faster, you know, like um, or you know, Ime's just got to jump in and just say. I, we got to get, you know, we got to try to get Jalen the ball a little bit more. They do because we've talked about it. The style that Brown plays with is what the team wants to play with more than more so than Tatum. more. So more he plays pace with pace. Game. He gets downhill. He can break guys down, which can defense in itself. That's where a lot of his playmaking comes from. He may given him credit for his passing in the last game uh, today as well. Assist numbers marginally higher from where they've been. But again, that's more of a product of opportunity. He just doesn't really have the opportunity in the half court. He's been relegated to catch and shoot guy. He's got to do better and hit those shots. Cause I feel like he hasn't been effective in that area all postseason. Uh, but no, oddly I'd enough, like he's he, he, on the he, ball. Yeah. You want to see him on the ball a little bit more um, <laughs> for sure. And uh, you know, maybe even Tate, yeah, get Tatum working off the ball a little bit more to free him up. Um, some, uh, you know, uh, some people in the chat here are kind of bringing it back to Marcus. This is the reality of this team. It is imperfect on offense. You have a couple of singularly extremely talented players and Rob Williams, who can make a lot of difference, uh, both with his ability to pass uh, for a big man and uh, the gravity um, that he brings. Uh, Horford has had a couple of big games and then it kind of all comes back to Marcus. Marcus was a great settling force because they needed somebody to do it. But the reality remains, he is not a floor general point guard, despite how much everybody tries desperately to, you know, take every one of his good passes and put them on Twitter and say, people said he wasn't a point guard. Look, he's not an elite playmaking point guard. He's the best they had by miles. And the offense ran better with him than with Dennis Schroeder. Both of those things are obviously true, but there's a reason why the ball's not in his hands a ton at the end of the game. They're taking it out of his hands. They don't necessarily want him uh, being that guy. He does a great job settling them in game when things go uh, kind of off the rails, I do believe. But late in the game, it's 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 usually not him. No, and he he wants it. You know, like he when they get in trouble, he wants to be. The he one wants it because he's like, let me do it right. But it's not. But he's got to be better if he's going to do it. I mean, there's opportunities throughout the flow of the game. And part of what we're talking about here, they need to put these games away earlier so they don't even get to these. Yeah, I know. They're capable of it. <laughs> they, had, they had a lead in the game that they, they could have built on and put the game away, but they put themselves in that crunch time position. And part yeah. of it's the stuff Smart's doing throughout the flow of the game. I just think of this play that's really stuck in my head where he – does a misdirection with Tatum and gets like a, it's like a football field in front of him to the basket. I think there was one guy on Rob in front of him. And instead yeah. of put, like laying it in or just scoring in that spot, he tried to force like a little lob pass over the guy to Rob and it got turned over and 
Warriors were out running the other way. And this is where Smart hasn't shown himself to be a reliable outlet himself. Brown, you look at him and say, yeah, he'll turn the ball over sometimes dribbling, but his turnover rate's actually down below Tatum's and in Smart's territory right now. So he's not killing you to the degree that it feels like he is, even though he's given up turnovers in those limited spots that he is on the ball. Like, I don't know if there's one minor adjustment I'd make in those spots. Why not trust Brown for a possession or two down the stretch? It doesn't have to be make him the lead point guard. It can right, be right, right. that one play that you run out of timeout that gets him a good look, makes him feel more involved. Because certainly I think what you're seeing in these spots where they come up short is guys are looking at it and saying, I could have helped. I could have done yeah. something here. And you at least want to let them try. It's a trust thing. And yeah. I don't think it's Tatum not trusting guys. I just think it's Tatum finding the open spot. And sometimes it's just him driving downhill and firing the Horford. And Horford has to take a big three. That yeah. you know, I think you trust him to take, but it's not the best look in the world. It's smart, certainly not either. Yeah. So, you know, you're right. Um, you're, you're right. Uh, they're just limited. And, you know, part of it. They are limited. And, and the thing you said earlier, I thought was, was, uh, was a salient point there. The um, just don't put yourself in that position. It, it's not a thing you're great at because of your limitations. Yeah. You don't have uh, you don't have a like, uh, you know, put the ball in my hands and I'm going to create type of point guard. Um, both Jalen and spacers. Yeah, but you don't have great spacers. Both Jalen and Jason, um, you know, when they try to initiate offense, you know, they're they are what they are. They're they're obviously singularly talented players, but you're kind of just saying go one on five, you know, when you put the ball in their hands, which isn't always the best option uh, late in games. It is with like no time left on the clock and you need one guy to take one shot. But possession after possession, it's not the type of offense that you want to run. So they are limited. So you don't want to put yourself in those positions there because you just don't have the outlets, as you as you mentioned uh, there. Uh, And that's kind of why they've been there. Yep, and they're more of a defensive team. So part of it is they're packing it in for those last few minutes. They defended decently down the stretch. It's just they didn't. The defense is always the there. Way. The defense is always yeah, there, and everything that everything about what was being said today, um, you know, is about the offense. It's the offense just has to function, um, like at an okay level. Their their overall efficiency this series. Is, is you know I mean like you said the their assist rate is really high but the offense just needs to not kill itself and just function semi efficiently and you can withstand uh, you know Fuzzy put it in the chat earlier you know if the Celtics just play okay on offense nobody's paying any attention to Ime's drop coverage on Curry it would actually be kind of brilliant like fine let him. Let him shoot himself silly. If that's all they're going to be able to generate on offense, go for it. As long as we don't kill ourselves and give away free points, you know, then we're fine, which is the offensive rebounds, the turnovers, the misses, you know, getting it in tight at the basket. If you clean that up, they win every game. I mean, it's just, you know, I know it sounds simple, but they just have to be functional. They look like the better team in this series. I keep saying, and that's why I still feel good about it, is I think personnel-wise and stylistically, they still have such an advantage over the Warriors who are just chasing and searching the match up. And I know we've said this every round, but a lot of it is the Celtics beating themselves in this spot. They should be in a commanding 3-1 spot in this series based off how they've played so far, and they're not. And part of it is Curry being great, but part of it is the Celtics giving him those extra opportunities to be great. and. That's frustrating. I, I do wonder, though, how much do you try to balance out your defense and your offense? Because obviously your bad offense is feeding their offense. Grant 
not involved enough in this series in yeah. my mind. Like he's got to be a closing player more often than not, I think, over one of those guards because he's just such a good outlet for Tatum. You know, like it, that, when he's out there and he's providing weak side shooting and secondary playmaking, that's when the offense is at its best. And he's it just been a no-show here. So why is that? What is it about? This funky's in. Why Pritchard, is that? You this... always look at him and say, "Is that a possibility?" Well, why, but Grant, Bobby? What, what, what is it about this series that's 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 I think tough I for lost Grant? You. I oh, know, you or me? Oh, there you are. Can, can you hear me? Yep, I got you. What yep. is it about this series that's tough for Grant? I can't figure it out. I don't know either. <laughs> it shouldn't be right. Involved. He'd be perfect. In this should be a good series lineups. for him. He could yeah. be small ball five in this series if he wanted to. I feel like he should be feasting at times here. I'm really surprised that he's been a he's been a zero. Not no, totally, but him. yeah, you can't just relegate him out of the fold because he's too important to the offense. You're not here without his shooting. Obviously, you're not in game seven against Milwaukee. So trying to play a lineup late that doesn't involve him, it's getting away from what's made your best in the series. And if you got to put him at the five, as you said, I know it's not something you've done, but this isn't a series you played. And that's an advantage you potentially have. You on can Golden if there's State a commitment to rebounding. You can do it if there's a commitment to rebounding from everybody on the team. But this, you should be able to get away with it from time to time here, um, and just have a different lineup and create more spacing there. You know, you I'm think surprised you they get... haven't tried it. Yeah, Grant Pritchard, Tatum Brown. You know, like I, you know, with Smart. You know, I feel like you could try that from time to time and 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 have a little bit more shooting out there. But you know, it is what you it do is. Do worry. I mean, this is your thing, John. That the offense wins at this level. Is the Warriors' offense just going to be that much better than the Celtics? And it's take over the offense series? wins only if the the other team's offense is in this series. You know, we talked about. I do. I'm a great offense beats great defense guy, no question about it. But the Celtics have a great defense, and the Warriors have a good offense, which means again, you and I have been pretty in lockstep this whole series. The Celtics don't have to be great on offense. The Celtics just have to be pretty good, and their defense is going to not be able to neutralize or shut out Golden State, but hold them to enough where they should be able to win. Um, that's it. The, the Celtics' defense as a unit is better than the Warriors' offense. It is. Um, so there it's, it, then the onus is on the offense to just not suck. It's that, it, it's, it's that simple. And that I still close just a little bit though. When Curry's in seven, I know, the but game. And, they still was an extremely winnable game with Curry yep. out of his mind. So again, I, I still, <laughs> you know, I don't do the momentum thing because momentum has meant nothing in the last three series. One team. Different teams show up every single game, and that's what happens in that game. Every day we wake up and the two teams take the court, I think the Celtics are the favorite. That's just my mindset on it. So if you ask me, I still think they're winning the series. I do. Uh, as much as frustrating as it is to watch the losses, they've made it harder on themselves. I still think they win the series. I wouldn't even be stunned if they win two games in Golden State to win the series. Not, I wouldn't be stunned at all and, lo- and lose game six at home. That feels like the most likely outcome, doesn't it? The, I, I would not be shocked. Yeah, you, you grind out a game seven, and on the last possession, like Jimmy Butler running down the court in yeah. Miami, you're going to win a championship, and we're all just going to be sitting on our yeah. backs, falling on the floor, because that's that's who this team is. Nothing's going to be easy for them. It's going to be scary. The style in which they play is conducive to winning the way they have, and it's yeah. never going to be pretty, but... It is potentially a championship formula. 
And it's never going to, like, again, you compare it to 2008. Wasn't the talk during that run, they can't put these teams away. These series are going too long. They had to take this team seven and that team seven. But then they win in the end. They did. It went seven. Yeah. It went seven, seven, you know, I think the first two. And the Atlanta series that they opened up with, that was the most, that's the most lopsided seven game series in history. Go look at the box scores. The four wins were by like a combined 25 points, uh, but they just couldn't put them away because there was a, they show up one day and were dominant. And then the other, they just kind of didn't um, with that 2008 team. Before we move on uh, or before we wrap the show, uh, we're going to go a few more minutes. Did want to give a Robert Williams update. Uh, Williams kind of called himself out, uh, you know, took himself out of the game last game. And I know there was concern. Um, he did tweak the knee a little bit not on a jump not on a land just kind of one trip up and down the court didn't feel right is that right Bobby and he just said I gotta come out yeah there wasn't a moment that they could pinpoint yeah and so that's not great but what is great is um seems to be feeling better doesn't seem like it was a full-blown re-aggravation it was just kind of started to hurt on him a little bit um but um, well he reached 31 minutes didn't he 31 minutes and what he did acknowledge um, is one, he's feeling better off of that tweak. And again, those extra days rest really helped because this was the one game, game three to four, where they only had the one day's rest. But the other thing he discussed was um, that he uh, acknowledges for the first time since the knee surgery, his last two games, he's finally started to feel like himself. And it was very evident that he is that that level of, uh, you know, just his athleticism and the physicality that he brings to the uh, game. When it's not there, it's very evident. When it is there, it's very evident. And it is integral to his success. And this goes back to stuff we said earlier in the season when everyone was yelling at me. And I was like, he doesn't, he's not jumping right now. And he's not that good. What's wrong with this guy? And then all of a sudden he started jumping and he got it all back. And maybe it was a conditioning or a weight thing. And he became a different player. So he is, him being as close to 100% physically as possible is more important to him than maybe any other player on the court because he needs that. When he does, you saw the difference that he makes. It's a I mean, really special player, and he was playing great last game, and he definitely ran out of gas late. Yeah, up to this point in the playoffs, I feel like Horford's been the better defender. And then, then this series, you looked at it and said, all right, you have a guy like Kevon Looney who's more of that off-ball, rebound-chasing center that can give Horford some issues. There's a lot of perimeter stuff that has challenged Horford too. And just because of Rob's length and his ability to fill space, he has been the better defensive center of the two in this series. And you're almost looking at him. I wrote for BSJ this weekend that you actually need Rob. They, they talk about him a lot as a luxury, and it's true. Nope. But in this series, you actually do need him just to make up the space that the Warriors try to create. You know, If you break down defensively, he's there around the screen with that seven-foot frame to contest shots, and he can recover back to the paint and take the paint out on Warriors dribble penetration. I mean, some of the shots Curry's getting off over him and they're really hard. Some of the shots on the perimeter Curry's taking over him are tough. So right now, along with his rebounding, he's challenging the Warriors and he's making it much more difficult on them through his minutes. I agree with him that he's looking like himself, good that he's feeling like himself. And in that first quarter, the Warriors tried to go small, John, and Rob took them right out of it because he was just snatching up rebound after rebound, even plays where he didn't get it. He had his hands yeah. on the ball in there. It, and they made, are just so dominant on the offensive glass against those small units. 
Ime might have to consider this, and this is an interesting comment, but like, you know Rob's going to come in early and fade late. You have to build your rotations with that in mind, I think, and create a situation where Horford's going to close and you know that he's going to close. Unless Rob is looking great and you think you can push him a little bit later, but you almost have to build all of Rob's 24 minutes in the first three quarters Um you know, uh, and spaced out because, you know, eventually by minute 23, 24, 25, 26, he's going to turn into a pumpkin. And so you didn't he close game three, though. He did. Um, but I just like I said, is almost every other game you've just seen at a certain point, he powers down. You see the trips back and forth, just getting a little bit more labored. And he looks like he's almost kind of walking and you can tell he's just barely making it up and down the court and it's like that's it robert's got to come out it happens it's happened most games i i think you have to start thinking you know uh, whatever rotations i'm going to build in i have to leave the last seven eight minutes uh all to al uh and not even worry about it maybe rob starts the fourth quarter you take him out three four minute mark and then it's al's game the rest of the way um because again it's just rob's gonna power down I mean, he has. I was he, having a tough time with this he's, drop scheme. He's not having a great. Up. He's not having a great series, of course. Yeah. You see some. You see some of these Curry threes. He's hitting Rob. I mean, Al is just trying to reach in there to contest. He's, and he's not, behind not the line anything. and reaching forward. He's afraid to yeah. level up. He's not coming up. Right. Yeah. It is what it is. And that's the difference between him and Rob. Rob's just more naturally springy and has the long arms and stuff. He's got the spots. recovery. He can play back and still contest, and 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 people know that, so it's in their head. Al can't. Yeah, Al's had a tough time, and offensively, you still look at Al pretty one-dimensional out there in terms of being a pick-and-pop guy. This hasn't been Al's series, even though he's had that great game one, uh, hitting everything from three. So (laughs) you need both of them for sure. Like Rob's got to be able to give you 30 minutes. I don't know where it comes from. I do like what they did in game three, taking him out early and leaving some of those minutes for the fourth quarter. This is another one. Or you just you play him only 18 minutes in the first three quarters and save four or five minutes for the close if you think that that's important too. Whatever it is, you just have to recognize he's going to expire at about 23, 24 minutes, wherever that comes, and it can't be at a critical time in the game. That's He was so great in the fourth in game three. That was his best quarter of the playoffs, I thought. Yep. And yeah. he was uh, he was the first guy. There was a great play too, where he got out to contest and shot back to the rim to get a big defensive rebound yeah. from the perimeter. Uh, he's been awesome, you know, like especially in the face of the injuries dealing with and the pain he's pain, playing through. Like, this is not level of Rob we expected coming in, and it's been an enormous boost. So you got to give him a lot of credit. Yep. Yep. So hopefully he's good um, because it it is great and it's you know he's yeah. Everyone knows how I feel about Rob. So just, you know, I just. This is the re- Rob you imagine at this level of the game. NBA uh, finals, one of the most important players in the series. I still think, and again, I still think, you know, uh, 100% Rob. And Oh, I my God, they would have smoked them. <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think they would have gone seven in any of these series with 100% Rob all the way through because I don't I think we forget what a game changer he was and what that defense was that again, the defense looked like there were six guys on the perimeter with like a monster waiting to gobble up anything that might've cracked through that, that, that impenetrable wall. Could people couldn't get anywhere on those guys. They couldn't get into the lane. And if they did, they'd get erased. It was, it really felt like you were playing six or seven guys uh, the way that that defense was operating uh, prior to Rob's injury. And I just, I think teams would have, 
I, I think they would have eaten. I think they would have eaten all of these teams alive uh, if Rob was had never gotten hurt. So it is a shame, uh, and we'll never really know. But him being slightly closer to where he was uh, makes a big difference. So hopefully that tweak was nothing but you know whatever, and he's back and you know closer to the guy we saw the last two games. It makes a big difference. I still think they come out and win uh, game five tomorrow. How about you, Bobby? I, I do. That's how it's gone. I think they're better on the road. I don't think this is that intimidating of an environment. And they were ready to win game four before those final few minutes there. So two days off, traveling. They felt pretty loose and lax today. I think that works in their benefit. They just don't have swings emotionally uh, that bring them down after these bad losses. If they didn't falter after game five in Milwaukee, which is where I thought this was going to end, I, I don't see them faltering after any kind of loss. So I feel good about that, too. I do wonder what they're going to do against Steph, though, because <laughs> Ime's getting drilled with these questions. I'm sure it's a big topic on their mind. It does seem kind of productive with what, what they're doing against them. Steph. Curry, yeah. I like, know. At what point do you react? I, it's tough to give up 50% shooting against them. It's one thing for him to be great, but he has just been otherworldly. And at some yeah. point, they have thrown doubles and other stuff to try to counteract it because he went out there and beat them, I thought. More than... I was saying, and I know you disagree, and I know he may disagree too, that defense trying to guard him and giving up all those looks to him in the second half was as big of an issue as the offense. He was just raining on them. Here's, I don't disagree, but again, it just goes to show how little, just how, like, how little you actually have to do on offense to be able to withstand that. That's the whole thing is like, I think if you're counting on just simply not being terrible on offense and that's all you need to be to win, then you can live with it. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, you, I, I do think it is a little risky to all of a sudden just start changing things up. If this is how they do it and this is what they've been doing. I think they just have to be a little bit more aggressive and the guy on the ball just has to kind of just, I mean, it has to do the, the the brunt of the work there. It's you know you're gonna you know this is gonna happen, and we Here's still haven't had, we you, still haven't had the cold curry game. And so you've said, is this unsustainable? Like, yeah, it wouldn't shock me if he went out and hit fifty percent of his threes in game five. But law of averages says somewhere along the way, one of those not great curry games is coming. It's who he is, though. I mean, yeah, you give the greatest shooter of all time open He's threes. Different. Yeah, that 50% might be his mark. And the way Draymond's playing, like passing up layups and really looking to get it back to Curry whenever. I can't tell if I'm frozen or Bobby. Oh, sorry. I thought uh, you froze for a second. I don't know if it was you or me. So I was saying the other guys have been so uneven on the Warriors at some point. Don't you have to try to make them beat you? Like Clay in his unsteady shooting position and Green, who doesn't want the ball and is passing up layups, and Wiggins, who wants nothing to do with it. He's just chasing offensive rebounds. You got to try it, right? Like, I, I think they've blitzed Curry once in this series from what I've seen. You have to try it. Just see how it goes. And if it's a disaster and they're getting on that weak side – Oh, well, go back to what you were doing. But I don't know, just sitting there in a drop while he's raining over you. If you lose the series, you're going to go right to that and be like, why'd we let him do that? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe. We'll see. Uh, he's been otherworldly, and I know uh, you're his biggest fan. So 
No, I, I get it, Bobby. It's, it's it's amazing to see. He really is, you know, it, it you're well into tip your hat territory every time he does this stuff, you know. Um, I just the friggin' the 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 the, the flopping drives me insane. Uh, it's just he's not getting hit on on any of these, and he's just throwing his legs out and trying to you know draw that extra foul there. It's driving me crazy. Um, well, but you've gotten a good call on that. I feel like for the most part. Yeah, you have. He keeps trying. He keeps buying it. I'm just wondering at what point he's going to affect his shot because he did it multiple times last game and it still went in. But um, anyway, as we said, um, game five tomorrow. Want to give one more reminder, our sponsor. Please check this out. This is really important to us. Um, support our sponsors. If you're interested in restaurant quality meals, farm fresh ingredients delivered right to your door, uh, all pre-portioned, packaged, put together. All you got to do is just whip up the meal. Restaurant quality meal at home. HelloFresh.com slash playoff 16 again please use that url specifically hellofresh.com slash playoff 16 use the code playoff 16 up to 16 free meals and three free gifts uh it's really dynamite and as i said i got another kit coming tomorrow so i'm pretty excited about that also if you guys are interested um want to keep the conversation going you could join our discord server go over to clnsmedia.com slash discord we've got well over West a thousand Coast. People. we might do a we might do a voice thing tomorrow who knows yeah well over a thousand people in there hanging out um and uh and uh you know, chatting all the time. It's a really great community. Everybody there is, um, you know, super energized about the finals, obviously, but very respectful of one another. A great place to just go, just hang out with Celtics fans and just talk. A lot of people um, spend a lot of the show on Discord also and are chatting there and chatting here. Uh, but it's a really great community. We appreciate all of you guys who have uh, joined it uh, and who are there and have been, you know, devotees of the show and the podcast for the last few years as we've been doing it. So thank you to those who are on there. And if you're not, Jump on there. If you are, tell more people about it. It's fun. Like I said, it's a really great uh, environment, a great community. And of course, make sure you subscribe to all of our YouTube channels where you can find all of our uh, terrific uh, content. Bobby Manning, as we said, out in San Francisco, and he is pumping out the content left and right. We got a bunch of stuff on our Celtics All Access channel. So subscribe to that. Subscribe to this channel if you haven't already. Hit that little bell. You get the notifications every time we go live. Boom. You find out about it, and then you're not late to the party, um, and uh, you can join the stream. We will naturally be live right after the game tomorrow with Bobby, Josue, and Sherrod all in San Francisco uh, taking in Game 5. I had to cancel my ticket, Bobby. I was only going in a clinch, but I am booked for Game 7, so we could have the whole crew out there. Of course, we'll all be back at the Garden in Game 6 as well. Well, I mean, the way this is positioned now, where there's going to be a clinching game in Boston one way or another – and the level at which this series has been played, like we're about to see something next, unbelievable over the next week or so here. It's going to be interesting. And I just, you know, I had Celtics in seven to start, and I'm sticking with Celtics in seven here. And I wouldn't be stunned if they win five and seven and lose game six at home. And and, and the emotional swings will continue. Um, but it is what it is. One way or the other, we've got you covered in every way imaginable. Press conferences. Live shows, uh, clnsmedia.com for all the great written coverage from Bobby Manning, who's out there covering it. Uh, of course, you know, you can follow us on Twitter. Follow our Twitter handles. You want to come in there, we'll interact with you. I spent a lot of time today talking about Jason Tatum with some followers. More than happy to chat if people want to hit me up there. Give us a follow. Those are our handles there on the screen. Or you can follow us at Celtics CLNS on Twitter. That also 
will uh, send out notifications every time we're going to do a show or a program and provide links for you. So that's a really good resource. Uh, and it'll also kind of notify you every time we have a new piece of content that hits um, either the website or our YouTube channel that you want to go check out. So um, that's all of our promotional stuff. Again, thank you guys uh, so much for taking the time to hang out with us here uh, on a, uh, what day is it? Sunday? On a Sunday? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. Uh, it was a long journey out here today. I think it totaled yeah. nine hours by the time I got out here. I, it's unreal, man. But it's we long. Made it. Yeah, no, it's good uh, yeah, stuff. And again, I, I want to shout, shout out uh, two pieces I wrote this weekend too, by the way. CLNS Media. I did dive deep on the Curry stuff if you're interested in why they're covering them the way they are. So go check that out on CLNS. And then a lot of Rob stuff on Boston Sports Journal. Uh, the Saturday piece I always put out there. Is Both out excellent. So Both excellent. Those. Yes, please check those out. Bobby Manning uh, burning the candle at both ends here. So, yeah, check those out. Boston Sports Journal. If you haven't subscribed already, $5.99 a month, you get Bobby Manning's NBA notebook there as well as terrific coverage, but also CLNSmedia.com, Bobby Manning's daily basketball Celtics reporting. Um, there's a lot of good stuff on there right now, so go check that out. Uh, honestly, lots of other good stuff. Evan Lazar killing it on the Patriots there as well. So What's um, up with the Pats? They cancel the OTAs? They cancel the OTAs because Belichick hates us. Ah, that must have killed you guys. Well, it hurts It hurts us from a content perspective because, and it just hurts us because there's a big gap here. You know, this is where I take all of my vacations, Bobby, and there's a reason behind it um, because this is a dead – dead part of the sports calendar if the if if one of your winter sports teams makes it to the finals you gotta you work till june which is great because you got content and then you're talking about a total friggin' dead zone obviously you have the draft you have free agency and a few yep, things that right. pop up you can just leave the draft to me we'll we'll do our number you got 50 the draft. overall picks <laughs> you got the draft i'll just come out there i'll tell you now i'll just be angry whatever they do um no i'm just kidding but um the Bobby's gonna in like do all- two weeks i don't think people in the chat realize <laughs> yeah yeah uh but bobby uh bobby is absolutely uh gonna kill it with the draft stuff but he's got less time to do some of his work and again celtics only with a second round pick but yeah uh patriots to answer your question really nothing again until they appear in late july for training camp so that's really the time for everyone to kind of like kick up their heels take a break and you know and uh and that's that so i don't know if you heard but game four antonio brown was in town at uh at big night live i think at the garden yeah 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 yeah, he he was there throwing t-shirts out or something so there's my football scoop (laughs) whatever yeah exactly yeah that's the best thing boston has for celebrities is like kind of mid-tier patriots you know the the judons and the damian harris do you think the celtics appreciated robert Kraft's speech i thought that was a little weird him going in and addressing the team like you guys are the best we've had since bill russell i (laughs) own things you know like i no disrespect i don't know if that one got the room going no disrespect to anything i just can't think of anything less inspirational than than someone who owns something like I've got money. Like, great, congratulations. Like, do you like do you do anything else? Or, you know, being being the owner of a franchise in a salary cap sport. <laughs> it's like <laughs> you're signing the same check the whole time. Um, but yeah, no, it's I mean clear craft, who's resonating. They gotta bring craft Nelly is back different. Cra- craft's an institution, and I get it, but uh um, you know, because he's been here so long, he saved the Patriots. He's a local guy. He's a Pats fan. There's a little, there's a, you know, there's a good story with Robert Kraft. He kept them from going to Hartford. He turned them into a friggin', you know, under his stewardship. So Kraft, can I, can I, uh, Kraft's, can Kraft's I throw, always going to be loved here. Yeah. 
Can I throw one more thing in before we uh, sign off here? And yeah. We'll talk about this another day. But quietly last week, Bradley Beal with his pronouncement yet yeah. that he's he might be out of there in Washington. That's the most I've heard him talking about. Uh, I need well, to start to think about winning and no regrets and this and that. Ever since this whole saga started probably two years ago, he talked to Taylor Rooks and I felt like just gave the slightest preview yet of him maybe opting out this summer and seeing what's out there. But right after the season, there was that report, Bobby, that it looked like he was going to sign that Supermax and stay, which doesn't mean anything because that still makes him tradable. Um, but it feels like that's happening one way or the other. He's getting his money in in, uh, in Washington, and then he may demand out. Uh, but I think that's going to happen. Yeah, maybe this is like setting the seeds for that and doesn't go well to start the year there, and maybe he's gone by the deadline. I don't know. but. Who, who knows? Uh, I feel like that's still a – we've kind of thrown in the trash as the Celtics have gotten better here, but I don't know. I think you still got to keep an eye on that just because there's a connection there, and I'm sure he would – Not the time, but we will, we will yeah. get to that for sure. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. No doubt about keep it. Keep an eye on um, Anyway, uh, gang's all here tomorrow night after the game, so again, check us out, as we said. Joe Sway uh, on his way to San Fran. Sherrod Bobby already there. Uh, covering the Warriors. Jimmy and I will be handling things from back in Boston. So we will uh, get with you guys right after the game uh, for a live post-game show, uh, hopefully a Celtics victory. Again, Bobby Manning, John Zanis, thank you guys a lot.